You're listening to the Next Exec Podcast Series with Executive Women's Forum. In this episode, Pretty hosts Ploy Burla Parley, a user experience and design researcher in cybersecurity. Ploy vividly paints a picture about how she delivers excellence in security tooling by researching and evangelizing insights from empathizing with the users of products and services. She also talks about skills needed to start an exciting career in user experience research. Ploy and Pretty have a conversation on the trade-off between security, usability, privacy, and how diverse viewpoints can make these trade-offs frictionless. Hello, Ploy. Welcome to Next Exec Podcast. We're so happy to have you here on our podcast. I'm really excited to learn more about the role that you're in. Can you briefly talk to us about what it is that a user experience design researcher does? Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, too. So what does a UX researcher do? That's a great question. I think a lot of people know what UX design is or software design, and that's where you kind of make the end product, what it kind of looks like, where the buttons go, how it flows together. UX research is a really interesting subset of UX design, and it's a really good complement to it as well, because what you do as a UX researcher is that you are taking these designs and testing them with users and making sure that the products and services that you create are meeting actual user needs and pain points. And you're also doing a little bit of what I like to call investigation. So you're a bit of a detective <laughs> as well. And you're making sure that everything that you create is something that comes from real human needs, especially in relation to the jobs that they do. Very interesting. I think a lot of people in the cybersecurity industry would not have really heard about user experience design or research for that matter. And you're talking to me about something really cool. So these seem to be in completely different galaxies. Like if software development and design was like a whole universe, cybersecurity seems to be in one part of the galaxy and user experience design research seems to be in another part. So why do they meet or like how do they even meet? Yeah, well, I mean, I think UX research meets anywhere that people are using products. So okay. let's say you're using a learning product, like something that one of your kids might be playing with. There is UX research that goes into that. And cybersecurity professionals use an array of different types of products in the work that they do, from mm -hmm. monitoring infrastructure security, investigating suspicious activity, as well as proactively looking out into the world to investigate potential threats to their organization. So each of these processes that they're doing, each of the work that they're doing, they're using tools to do them. And these tools require research so that they are designed well. I think that's a very different perspective because most of the times you look at cybersecurity or even information technology as a functional role. But we use so many tools in our day-to-day -day lives in cybersecurity and ensuring that those tools really meet the user needs seems to be a real need of the hour. And I'm so glad that you're talking to our listeners about this today. So can you give us a little more insight into what you do in your day? Like, what does your day look like? Yeah, for sure. I'll just be really frank when I said I didn't go into the field that I'm in wanting to be necessarily a cybersecurity UX researcher. 
But over the course of the years that I've been working, I've really fallen in love with the domain. And I think that's what's propelled me to stay and continue to work with those types of products. You're not alone in that at all. A lot of people are accidental cybersecurity professionals. So you're definitely not alone there. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting domain because it is this a really rich intersection of a human emotion, right? Security is the result of protecting yourself against real or perceived threats. And design is about kind of building against like that sense of those human emotions, right? To, to do the protection. Like what do you actually need to achieve those things? So I think that's like the really interesting intersection. And when I speak with cybersecurity professionals, everyone always uses like this triangle of like people, processes, and technologies. And I'd have mm -hmm. to say that UX research really complements that. They, these two fields end up mixing pretty well. Very interesting. I had not personally heard about the people, processes, and technology aspect. And I think I have learned something new today. Um, so go ahead. So tell me what it is that you do in a day. Yeah, for sure. So UX research can be twofold. There is evaluative research, which is research that helps to uncover how a user might work with a product. For example, a usability study where we've got an existing product or even a concept, even just lines on a piece of paper. Uh, what we do is we really want to put that in front of a user to look at how easy it is to use, how desirable is it, right? The learnability of that product as well. So that's a lot of the evaluative work. But we also do, as I mentioned earlier, a bit of generative work. So that's it's uncovering user needs, pain points, and engrossing yourself in the world of that user. And, and most importantly, as a researcher, you are not only taking these insights, but you're evangelizing them. You're sharing these stories and you're driving action to your team by kind of providing that empathy for our users. That's fantastic. I think if we had stopped in our busy days to even just check to see what our teammate is thinking about and whether a tool is actually serving its purpose, whether they're finding use. That would be definitely an interesting conversation to have. To be honest, we're so always in the process of doing things that we often tend to overlook if something is truly helping us. We just try to find workarounds because as security professionals, we love hacking. So we just yeah. do our own hack around the tools. But the fact that you are trying to empathize with the user and evangelize the ideas and the insights that you gain from talking to them and utilizing that to help better the tool is so amazing. It's so critical, I believe, in order to make any product or any tool serve its purpose better for security folks. Exactly. And I think like one of the philosophies I've always had is that the products you use are representative of the people who've built them. And when you come from a product that has been built with care through the flow of it, you can really feel that. You can feel that intentionality. And that's kind of one of the things that I try to do in my practice to make sure that people feel that. Because cybersecurity, super interesting, very pertinent <laughs> in our world today, especially as we've moved into a new way of working, as people have said, right, about working more from home, it also makes the potential risk for organizations larger. The organizations that we work for, the clients we work for have also had to adapt to mitigate these risks and make better decisions on how they secure their data and their employees. So I think that kind of constantly changing landscape makes it really interesting too, because you need to not only like be aware of what the users are doing with their product, but like what are the users doing in context of the world at large and how that impacts the way they might be using these types of tools as well. Very interesting.
I think I'm really curious to know some of the projects that you have actually worked on and the impact that you've made. It would be super interesting to see your perspective as to how you started off in a certain project and then you delivered something and then the security folks came back and said, this is wow. So can you give us an example of such a project that you worked on? Yeah, I think it, it's actually not the security person that said, wow, as much as it was the end user. So I spent <laughs> a, about a year on a mobile multi-factor application. And this project was really fun to do because it's something that I think we've all kind of been engaged with. We're pretty familiar with one-time password. And there's really, when you do multi-factor authentication, there's multiple ways to verify your account. It could be through your voice, through your fingerprint, or through the one-time password. And my work here as a UX researcher was to really take some say come time to understand what our users would need from a mobile multi-factor authentication, especially because we were uh, developing something that is consumer-facing, right? It's going to be used by anyone where we're normally very B2B. So by having that opportunity, what I really wanted to do was to make sure that we were having representative sampling for when we were doing our usability testing. So ensuring that we could recruit a diverse sample size, not only in terms of age and background, but technological familiarity because the application needed to be easy enough to have our grandmas use it, right? Like anyone should be be able to use it. So as a researcher, I could really take a strong stand about who are we going to recruit and who are we going to be really mindful of as we build this out? Because alongside the work I do as a UX researcher, I'm a very large activist for diversity, equity, and inclusion as well. And I wanted to be able to bring that advocacy work into my work and see how that impact the, the product. And we really started to see it as we were running out of the generative phase where we we're understanding what are the core principles we want to abide by as a design and development team as we build this app into the usability testing phase to make sure that in every iteration of the design and and concepts that we were building, things that were easy to install, easy to just pull out of your pocket and use, Mm -hmm. and and make sure that if you didn't have that, what was the backup flow that you would go to? And was that easy for someone who maybe not as technologically well-versed be able to complete as well? Nice. I loved how you said that you really needed a diverse group for your user study as well to do your generative research work. It sounds like being a UX design researcher needs a lot of different kinds of skills. You know, I could hear a little bit of psychology coming into pictures, hear a little bit of artsy stuff, you know, like doing design and actually being creative with your hands and with your thoughts. And then there is this whole cybersecurity angle because they are your users. So if one has to get started in this career, what are some of the hard skills and the soft skills uh, one needs to acquire to become a UX design researcher? Yeah, I think breaking into it, you you can really come in from anywhere. <laughs> I think that's the really great nature of the UX practice. Uh, research, I think, is a little bit more of a nuance because a lot of times that comes from folks who have backgrounds that are focused in understanding human and human behaviors and applied research methods. Um, So my background is in psychology and history, which I think often comes as a surprise for most people. And I picked up, I wish I could, I don't have it with me, but this giant tome called Network Security Administration. And that's what I read (laughs) one of my first years on the job. Uh, So I actually picked up the technical stuff. But in general, things like sociology, anthropology, human factors, human computer interaction, those are common backgrounds for this type of work. And the hard skills are being able to do things like create research plans, 
execute mm -hmm. on those plans with a variety of methods and then share those stories through those either qualitative methods, which are like ethnographies, focus groups, interviews, and then quantitatively as well by analyzing like usage data and conducting surveys. Soft skills though, soft skills, you gotta have a ton as a researcher, I think <laughs> even more than hard skills, almost an overemphasis on that because it's great to have the data, but if people don't feel incentivized to take action upon it, then you aren't really making impact. So all of mm -hmm. those things that are about telling good stories, advocating, partnering, and sharing with your stakeholders and with your design team is, is absolutely essential. I think those are really valuable tips and it was very insightful for me. And I don't think being in psychology or sociology is something new for people in cybersecurity because our field is so diverse in terms of the skill sets that people bring in. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of researchers who specialize in social engineering who also study that. And that just shows you know, that you could have a degree in or a formal background in any field and you can still have an impact in this domain. So that's fantastic. I think now I would want to ask you about this question that I've been aching to ask since the beginning. Okay. Security, usability, and privacy is the triad that I'm fascinated about. <laughs> yeah. You just spoke about multi-factor authentication. And I was just thinking about the most basic problem that most people face every day. How do I remember the passwords for all the apps and websites that I use, right? So there's always that constant struggle or constant tiff between security and usability and nowadays even privacy. So as a UX design researcher, what is your viewpoint on this? How do you find that sweet spot where you can keep everybody happy? Is that even <laughs> yeah. possible? Is that even possible? Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible. There's so much trade-off when you look at usability, security, and privacy. I think that there's an inherent tension between the two. I, I want to take your password example and, and build on that a little bit. Like if we look at something as simple as a, a forgot password flow, let's say you forget your password, you type in your email, and, and then you're just waiting for the email to get to reset it, right? But oftentimes the message that you see, it might read, we've sent this email to so-and-so at email.com and you can find it in your inbox. But that's actually a really poor security practice because mm -hmm. it will enable an attacker to know that they have a valid email with which to enter that site. So now you oftentimes see messages that say, if this email is registered to an account, you will find the password reset email in your inbox, which is a poorer but more secure experience. So I think that's a really interesting thing to kind of iterate designs around because it's about what do I need to do to ensure that our users are get, feeling a sense of trust mm -hmm. in the things that they're accessing so that they understand why that they need to have those security procedures in place. It's not about making things free of friction, right? Inherently, security practices embed friction into the workflow, but it's about minimizing friction and then making it a little bit more transparent as to what it's doing to protect you. Yeah, great points there. You're absolutely right that it's just about minimizing the friction and trying to achieve some sort of synergy between these three practices. I think that's a great point that you make. Yeah. Other than minimizing friction, I would actually want to ask you how you think companies or organizations can be benefited by adding a user experience research program in their organization. So in the security industry, as far as I know, I do not think it's 
commonplace to find such user design programs or even user experience research programs. Have you encountered any such success stories or do you have any suggestions for why we need to have such a program and how such a program can be successful in cybersecurity products? Oh man, how much time do we have? I've got, I can sit on a soapbox all day about why it's important. I think a majority of large organizations will have UX researchers embedded across their different teams, design research team. And I would advocate for any organization to invest in their design research processes because it's one that will ensure that you are delivering products of quality. And you cannot measure, not even just measure the quality of the design that you're creating, but you can also measure that quality against the value that you're promising for your customers. So it's a really, I mean, if you talk about security, what user research can do for a security organization is to make you feel more secure about your security with your users. (laughs) That's a really interesting way to put it. I love that. (laughs) I absolutely love that. You actually feel secure about your practices in putting out a valuable product. I think that's amazing. (laughs) What advice would you have given yourself five years ago? And where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Because we really want to resonate with a lot of our audience who are millennials or early to mid-career professionals. So what advice would you have given yourself five years ago? And what would you see yourself doing in the next three to five years? Oh, man. What would I have given myself? Take more naps probably would be one of them. I think that's <laughs> good advice. <laughs> I think that's good advice regardless. <laughs> I, I think uh, one of the, the things that I would have probably given myself advice on coming on as a uh, early career designer and researcher was to diversify my literature early. I know that going in school, we can really be embedded in kind of the white male perspective in design and philosophy and research methods. And I wish I had taken more time earlier to really diversify what I was learning so I could bring in those inclusive practices earlier in my journey. So that would have made me feel better. And and retrospectively, I just at the time didn't have the the resources to do so. So that's kind of, that's my key advice for five years ago ploy. I would like pat her on the head and say, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. Yeah, that's absolutely relevant in the current era that we're living in. It's absolutely relevant and great advice. And you can definitely see a valuable or a tangible outcome for being diverse, right? You need to incorporate diversity in your user research group. So you can definitely see that making a tangible impact in your work product and in your work outcome. So that's absolutely great advice. And where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? I don't know. Who can see? I wish I had a crystal ball. I dress up like a fortune teller, but I don't really, uh, I'm not one, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, I but, think but maybe I, you can tell what you want to be and we will make your fortune come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope. I, I think I, I love UX research and I love cybersecurity. So one of the things that I'm trying to dip my toes into right now is like, what would it be like to be like a cybersecurity lawyer? So I'm actually actually like studying for the LSAT. I'm going to try to take it next year because I believe that there's a very, very strong giant gap in those with technical knowledge in the legal system. So I would really be curious to to see what that might be. So I want to try to prototype that career for myself in the next couple of years. Sounds really exciting. I think you're out on an adventure to become like the next cybersecurity unicorn. You're not a unicorn startup, but you're going to be a unicorn in your career. So so thank you so much. It was great talking to you. I hope our listeners 
have an insight into what it is to be a UX design researcher in cybersecurity. If they have not heard about it, I'm so glad that now they're initiated into the idea. Yes. And hopefully our leaders will start implementing a lot of user research programs to ensure that the tools built are actually useful and valuable to better accelerate the cybersecurity programs in every organization. Yes. yes, Thank you so much for your time, Ploy. It was wonderful having you here. It's been wonderful being here. Thank you so much.